Hi, everybody. Ah, that's good. I was half expecting someone to be, hi, Dr. Nick. Does anyone know? You're all too young and beautiful to know that quote. Um, Hey, it is really good to see you. If you are watching at home, my wife is watching at home because she's sick. Everyone say, hi, Hannah. Ah, yes. And uh, so, there we go. Um, it is good to see you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Andre, my lovely wife Hannah and an awesome team. And I, we lead Cornerstone Church Rolleston. So, we have a new series. Who's excited about the new series? I hope you are because you chose it, okay? So, if it's not that good, you can blame yourselves. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, I'm going to pray and then we're going to kick off. Heavenly Father, um, we just thank you that uh, you are speaking. So, Lord... As you speak today, through me, uh, through your word, through worship, and through the voice of others, Lord, we pray we just have hearts to receive it. We have eyes to see it that are clear, that can see what you're saying, and we would have ears unblocked and listening to you. Father, we thank you for your word, in your mighty name. Amen. Cool. Hey, so, we have a new series. I'm going to push my little clock. Here we go. Um... And uh, we're going to start with hearing God. And there's our six weeks. I'm excited. Um, They're in a row, except you'll see from the 2nd to the 16th. That's when we have Pastor Matthew Tolpas from Papua New Guinea. And he's an awesome guy. um, So he leads... Um, the Papua New Guinean equivalent of our movement here in New Zealand. Um, so you go over there, and I remember the first time I went, and I was like, I'm going to go over and help the little Papua New Guineans with their little church and make sure they're doing all right. And I went to one church, and there was 400, and went to the next church, and there was 900. And then I'm like, oh, these are really big churches. And then I was like, oh, so how, you know, tell me about your movement. And he's like, oh, yeah, talking this. And I was like, how many people are in your movement? There's 11,000 in the Acts Churches New Zealand. And so I said, how how many people are in the Papua New Guinea one thinking maybe it's 20, maybe it's 45? And he said, oh, about 600,000. I was like, oh, cool, 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 cool. I could learn a thing or two. So it is why we are bringing Pastor Matthew Talpas from Papua New Guinea. He's our first international speaker. We're going to take him up to our National X Conference as an international guest. So we're really excited to have him here. Um, and he's going to share about what God is doing in Papua New Guinea and the connection that we have. And we hopefully uh, that will strengthen Rob MacArthur and I are likely, hopefully, to be going over with... Um, uh, Mike and Ruth Rob over to Papua New Guinea before the end of the year, and then we're going to uh, hopefully at some point in the not too distant future take a group of you guys over to uh, the Bible College that we uh, have supported over the years um, in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. I'm excited about it. All right, so today, hearing the voice of God. There is a big subject. This is a this is a huge subject, and there's a lot in here. So. Uh, today is very much going to be a teaching sermon. So I would encourage you, get your phones out. Get, um, I, you know, back in historical times, they used to use this white stuff with a writing device. Um, pen and paper, uh, if, you, if you use those historical devices, you can use that, or you can use your uh, contemporary device. Just take some notes, because there's a lot of information, and my hope and my prayer is no matter where you are on your God journey, you might be sort of towards the end here, and you've been you know, walking with the Lord for 70 years, or maybe you're in, you find yourself in church today because someone tricked you. Uh, 
I don't know. Um, but what I want you to do is I want you to have a real think uh, and pray and, and receive from God uh, what he wants to give you today. Okay, so I think everybody here can hear something about hearing from God. Right, so what we're going to do is um, I have asked a bunch of people, what are the questions? Because I want this to be really helpful. I don't want you to come away going, well, I don't think any of that really helped me. Because information is great, but if there's not application, it's information for information's sake. And if you know your Bible, you know your New Testament, there was a whole group of people that knew the Bible really well, had all the information in the world, but didn't have a relationship. They didn't have application of that information. So my hope today is that we can apply some of this stuff. So I asked a whole bunch of people, and these are the sort of six questions that came back, most commonly asked questions. Does God speak to us? How can I hear God? How can I better hear God? What are the different ways I can hear God? Uh, How do I know it's God's voice I'm hearing? And what uh, if I stop hearing from God? What do I do? Has anyone ever asked themselves one of these questions ever before? My hope is that all of us have. So I hope it's helpful today. Lord, uh, help me. Amen. (laughs) Those are always the best prayers. Um, my, our key verse this morning is Jeremiah 33, 3. He says, this is God speaking, Call to me and I will answer you, and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. So there, there's a thing here, call to me. So you can call, that's what the firstly the Bible's saying, is you have the right and the responsibility and the freedom to call on God, and He will answer you, and guess what? He'll also tell you some stuff. But let's start with these six questions. Actually, I have a little story first, because I thought, I can't talk about hearing God and not tell some stories about hearing God, right? Does anyone not like stories? Someone put their hand up and then went, I... <laughs> Hey, just really quickly, so um, I, years ago, um, about 15 years ago, I was heavily involved in a ministry up in another town that I lived in, and at this place, we worked with 150 at-risk youth. Really intense environment, really intense situation, and it wasn't your normal youth group. It was Tuesday night. Uh, we did community stuff. Wednesday night, we had a thing called The Gathering, where we brought the community into one place. Thursday night was Bible study. Friday night was youth group night. And Saturday night was our night off, where they all came to my place to watch the rugby. Um, and then Sunday, we went to church. And they were such an at-risk bunch of kids that um, we had to remove them from their environments and their situations. And if you've had anything to do, you might be going, oh, that doesn't seem very nice. Um, If you've had anything to do with really at-risk youth and environments, you'll tend to find that if you actually sit down the caregivers, mum, dad, nan, koru, whoever it is, and you ask them, they'll tend to say, hey, take our kids. We don't have the tools in place. We don't have the resources. You know, there's stuff at home we don't want them seeing. We're happy. We trust you to take the kids and input into their life positively. And we had relationships with all the families. Super intense environment. There was myself, um, and there was, I guess, I was one of the key leaders, probably the core boy leader, uh, and then the core girl leader. Let's call her Gertrude. No Gertrude's in the house today? Good? Okay. Gertrude is actually Horatio's wife, if you didn't know. No, so Gertrude, myself, and about six others, um, our pastor Liz, and we just, 
We just loved on these kids. It was an awesome couple of three years of my life. Um, but then something started to happen with some of our core kids, some of our core boys. We could see something was up. You know when you've got that parent eye and you can tell something's up? It's a little bit too quiet in the kids' room and you know someone's burning the curtains or something. It was kind of like that. We knew something was up, but we couldn't figure out what was going on. We, we realized there was a destable sort of influence happening. And we identified it was one particular boy. And I sat down with him, talked to him, and there was all these rumors and and then we eventually we found that he had his girlfriend in the uh, youth group, but he'd got another girl pregnant. He was now uh, 16, I believe. And we were like, okay, well, how can we wrap around? How can we support? How can we love? Um, and eventually I find, found out that this girl's name was Jade. And uh, I was like, cool, well, you know, we'd love to help Jade. How can we support Jade? You know, does she have support networks? Da, 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 da. And he was very cagey about it. And we could see something bigger was going on, but we couldn't put our finger on it. A tragedy happened to my pastor. She lost her husband in a tragic accident. And uh, she was very much focused on that. But we knew something was up. And she came to me and she said, Dre, you operate in the gift of hearing from God, from prophecy. Um, would you be able to sit down with God and ask him what the issue is? I said, okay. And I share this story, and I have shared this story once before here at Cornerstone. And I share this story because it's one of the most profound times that God spoke to me. It's also one of the times I didn't actually do what he told me to do. And it's really hard for me to share this story. So I sit down in my quiet space and I'm praying. And I'm thinking there's some sort of major issue. I don't know what it was. And I'm praying, and I said, Lord, show me something. Show me a picture, whatever it is. Speak to me, Lord. I want to help. And immediately he showed me this, a poor Namu. And I went, put that to the side. No, God, you need to tell me what's going on. Uh, you're, you're, you're not speaking correctly. Listen to me. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> and God said, no, no, have another look. So I looked at it again. And then this question, as clear as day, popped, popped right into my spirit. And he said, what is another name for that? I said, Ponamu. And he said, what is another name for that? I said, Greenstone. And he said, Dre, what is another name for that? And I went, Jade. And the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. And I zoomed out. And I saw a picture of Gertrude wearing... Jade Greenstone. And I went, that's weird. Even till now, like my, I've got goosebumps on my arms just saying the story again. And I went, nah. And I put it aside, put it aside. And um, I just couldn't believe it because it just didn't make sense. How many times do we know that God, when he speaks, often things don't make sense, but they are the truth? And I just couldn't because I was friends with Gertrude. In fact, if I'm being completely honest, this is years ago, I actually thought Gertrude was pretty all right. Uh, and if I had my way, I would have married Gertrude if I'd had the opportunity, I'm sure. Uh, but thankfully, God <laughs> intervened. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Coming from my wife's father-in-law. <laughs> uh, wife's father, my father-in-law. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so here's the thing. I went to my pastor, I told her, and she said, do you really think that's what God said? And I said, I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, it felt really clear, but it can't be true. She said, okay, that's fine. Three months later, we find out that Gertrude had been having a sexual relationship with this 15-year-old boy. She was 26. He was 15. 
got him, got, she got pregnant to him. And the worst thing is, is that she, there was a situation where he actually got his actual girlfriend pregnant. And then the advice given from this other lady was an abortion. It was just horrendous. 150 kids, 10 years that youth group had been running, exploded. And I have to, God forgives, but I have to wear some of that. So the thing, I'm starting really heavy, right? You're like, holy moly, where is this going? But the thing we need to know is with revelation comes responsibility. When we hear from God, we're not just meant to do nothing with it. We are meant to respond to it. So when a revelation comes, a new thing, that's all revelation. When a new thought, a new idea, God speaks to us, we actually have a responsibility to outwork it. Okay, are you guys ready for the six questions? We're going to run through them. We're going to try and answer them the best we can. And we're gonna, I'm going to try and keep you guys on your feet a little bit. All right, question number one. Does God speak? Done, let's go. <laughs> yes, God speaks. Um, it would be horrendous if the uncreated creator who designed you and, and thought of you and, and built you and, and, and wants relationship with you, designed you in a way where you couldn't interact with him. You remember in the Garden of Eden, there was, um, someone help me out, Adam and Eve, <laughs> uh, and God walking, communing, talking in the garden. That was his design and that was his plan. It would be horrendous if God didn't speak to us if we're designed for a relationship and we weren't able to hear his voice. So the first thing is, does God speak? Absolutely, because we are designed for relationship. We are made for relationship. God speaks to us continually. If you take nothing away, if you're new, if you're trying to figure this out, I want you to understand this. God does speak to us. But the question is, are we listening? God always is talking to you, specifically about the intricacies of your life and your emotions and your feelings and your relationships with people and to the wider Christian movement and to the world. God is trying to communicate with us. Unfortunately, often we are not listening. Now, I want to unpack how we can listen and some of the reasons why perhaps we don't listen. Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you. God does speak. So to answer the question, yes, we just have to be listening. Uh, question number two, how can I hear God? Well, the thing is, if you want to hear God, you've got to understand that we have to recognize God's voice. We're going to play a little game. Is that okay? Yes, Trey, we love playing games. All right. All I need you to do is close your eyes. And some of you are like, I can do this. I can do that. I want you, and you can't do this exercise without doing the exercise. So please, can I have everyone bow their heads, close their eyes. All right. Keeping your eyes closed. Can I have those three people I spoke to wave your hands in the air, please, so I can find you? Close your eyes, and I want you... To not yell it out, but I want you to tell me, with your eyes closed, heads bowed, whose voice is this? They're going to read out a scripture for me. Eyes closed. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That's number one. Don't yell it out. Who yelled it out? Okay. Number two. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And number three. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And number four. 
My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. All right. Eyes up. Who was number one? Why did you know, how did you know it was Lyndon? <laughs> what was that? Because <laughs> Abby yelled it out. Thanks, Abby. All right, who was number two? Megan. Who was number three? Who was number four? How did you know our voices with your eyes closed? You've heard it before. You recognize because you have heard me speak to you. You've heard Pastor Lyndon speak to you. You've heard Megan's awesome laugh. And if you've ever had a conversation with Craig, he's got a sweet voice. You'd remember that as well. What I should have done is grabbed a new person today and got, that would have been a bit mean. But if I got a new person today, you would have all been like, oh, that's Horatio. (laughs) So the thing is, is when we recognize God's voice, That's how we know. And the only way we can recognize, so hearing God comes from recognizing God's voice, right? Am I right? You've got to recognize God's voice. But how do you recognize God's voice? You can only recognize God's voice from relationship and proximity. You know my voice because you listen to it every other week. You know Pastor Lyndon's voice because you listen to it every other week. You know Megan's beautiful voice because she's awesome. You've heard it. You've done life with Craig. You know his voice. So proximity is really important. Hey, can I have Nathaniel? Where are you, brother? Can I have you stand up, please? Could you stand at that door down the back end for me? All right. How do we do proximity? Simple. I'm going to take away the microphone. And I want you to raise your hands if you hear what I say. Let's go again. All right, that was better. Come a little closer for me, Nathaniel. And again. One guy with bat ears. What did I say, Nathaniel? Ah, let's try one more. Yes, this is going to work. Okay, give him a round of applause, but stay there, Nathaniel. See, here's the thing. Um, We know God's voice when we are close to him. If you're a million miles away, guess what? It's hard to hear God's voice. You need to be close. So you know, you know God's voice by being close to him. And you spend time in his presence. Thanks for being God for 30 seconds. He's feeling very uncomfortable right now. But he knows. So I know who he is because I'm spending time with him. I've got to know his voice just because I'm close to him. Okay? Stay there for me, Nathaniel, just for a second. Doing a great job. Uh, John 10, 27. My sheep 
Hear my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So the sheep are close. God says they know my voice because they hear it. And they, I know them because they are close to me. And they follow me because they trust me. If you want to hear from God, it's not rocket science. Spend time with God. The more you spend time with God, the more you hear his still and quiet voice. The more you understand his nature in the Bible. All right. Knowing God's voice is also directly connected to knowing God's word. Spending time with him in the Bible, in the word, is how we get to know who God is. Question number three, how can I better hear God? Well, come up here for me, Nathaniel. Appreciate you. I'd like you to pop those on for me, please. Well, you've got to figure it out. Okay, here's the thing. How can I better hear God? Well, the thing is, if I'm standing over here, and you've also got to listen to what I'm saying as well, Nathaniel. Thank you. Okay, here's the thing. We need to distract ourselves from distractions. There's nothing wrong with distractions. How do we pause this? There we go. Dislike. He did dislike it too. Look at that. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know what? No, you can't keep those. They're Beats by Dre. Someone gave them to me because it had my name in it. Um, I was also going to see if I could find a baby to hand you as well. But I saw the Collis baby too late and I was like, ah, I should have come and asked for permission. Here's the thing. We are often distracted and things like an awesome little baby is not a distraction in and of itself, but we also do need to connect with God. There are a million things that can distract us from God. And guess what? Not all of them are bad things. But if anything is in between us and God, it really shouldn't be there. There's a time and a place for everything I know, absolutely. But we must distract ourselves from distractions if you want to hear God a little clearer. All right. Oh, it did it itself. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. Look to God. Don't get overly distracted by the things on earth. We can't let distraction, we can't let noise distract us from the voice of God. God is speaking. We just have to listen. One of the ways that we can listen is removing ourselves from a few distractions. That's why quiet time That's why people often say, first thing in the morning, it's great. Or going on a run, because there's not a lot of people around. Or if you run like I do, there's a lot of people around, because you're not doing a lot of running. (laughs) Trying to take your breath. Um, This guy, David Mathis, says this. He is one of the authors for Christianity Today. If we can't hear God's voice, it's not because he's silent, but because we're filling our ears with something else. It's a good thing to ask yourself, what are you filling your ears with if you can't quite hear the voice of God? Question number four that people have asked, 
what are the different ways that I can hear God? And there are a lot of different ways that you can hear God. God, um, when I would operate in the prophetic, God would often speak to me initially in pictures. Because I think he knew I didn't have all the fancy words and I didn't know all the proper language, but I could see a picture and I could say it. And as I have developed in my gift and God has continued to grow me, I've been able to use the pictures that God gives me, not to interpret them, but to explain them in a, in a word fashion. And so you can hear God from lots of different ways. Who here, uh, when they feel they hear from God, feels like they hear God through Scripture? As in they read a piece of Scripture, stands out, speaks to their hearts. Hopefully many of us are in that space. Who here feels like they get like just a word in their mind, like a one single word? Who here gets a picture? A picture comes to mind. Who here um, dreams, prophetic dreams? Actually, I don't know why I had my hand up. I hardly ever dream prophetic dreams. And when I do, I know they're super prophetic. Um, Usually they're weird. Um, What's some other ways? Uh, Who here connects with God in nature? Like hears God through nature. Now there's a lot of other ones. We're going to go through them quickly. Um, But there are many ways. And it's not of us to say, hey, my way of hearing from God is better than your way of hearing from God. Uh, God can speak to us through the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can speak to us in a lot of ways. You might get an emotion, a word, a feeling. I've even heard some people get a smell, like they smell a rotting. They go, hey, what's this thing about rotting? Oh, I feel like my relationship with my wife is just rotting. Actually, rotting is the word that I would use. Stuff like that. Um, So the Holy Spirit can speak to us through lots of different ways. The second is that God speaks through the Bible. These are not necessarily in order, by by the way. But God will speak to us. Through the Bible, have you ever heard people be like, they're holding their Bible and they're like, God never gives me any words. God doesn't speak to me. I'm like, dude, you're holding a book full of prophecies and hopes and dreams and uh, promises about who you're going to be as a son or a daughter in Christ, okay? That's, this should be our meat and our potatoes. I wish I had a Bible right now to hold. Otherwise, I'm just doing a weird claw, but that's okay. If I, this is not a Bible. I think this is a book on Genghis Khan. Terrible. Okay. (laughs) Just imagine for a moment that this is a Bible. Um, You know, there's enough stuff in here that should be like our meat and potatoes. But, and getting a prophecy from a traveling prophet is great, but we should be able to, and mature enough, hopefully, to be able to interact with God on a daily basis through his word and being able to feed ourselves quite regularly. What happens to you if you're only eating dessert? All the time. One, you'll get really sick, and two, you'll become a new shape. God wants us fit. We are a temple of His uh, being. All right. God speaks through others, friends, trusted believers, what we did for Andrew this morning. God speaks through your family and other people. God speaks through pictures. God speaks through nature for some people. Who just loves going outdoors and connecting with God? Lyndon, you know that? Oh, he's got his hand up. He did. He did. It's very, very biblical of you. (laughs) God speaks through worship. Who hears God through worship? Number seven, God can speak through memories. You might lay your hand on someone or be thinking about something and a memory pops in your mind. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just some stuff that I've come up with. You might be able to write a few more because I was aiming for 10 and I didn't get there. Uh, Number eight, God speaks through prophets, obviously. 
A prophet is someone who hears the voice of God and can prophesy it over you. Number nine, um, God can speak through dreams, and I couldn't think of a tenth. You probably can. Come and see me afterwards if you have a good tenth. But however God speaks to you, whether it's, say, through Scripture or prayer or dreams or pictures or whatever it is, we need to understand that once you come into the hallway, once you, come, you can come through any one of these doors, but you come into a hallway when you do that. And anytime God speaks to you, it should always have this at its focus. So if this isn't the focus of you thinking you're hearing from God, that might be an issue. In fact, almost certainly. Do you guys want to know what this is? It should always, so whether you come through scripture or a prophet or a dream or a feeling, it should come through as a revelation of his love. Now, it might be a revelation of his love for someone else, but it should always show us and reveal to us that God loves you. Now, here's the thing. This word might be a convicting word. Hey, stop doing this because it's not going to work out well for you. But if you did this, you are going to come into a new sense of freedom. So there's always the difference between condemnation and conviction. Conviction gives you an opportunity to grow and to develop and to give you hope. Condemnation says you're a piece of rubbish, go to hell, and there's no way out. There's a difference. And so when you come in and when you're hearing the voice of God, it should always be about God at the center, Christ being the main thing, and his love for us. Again, it can go lots of different ways, but that's got to be the core focus, his revelation of love, because a lot of stuff flows out of the revelation of God's love for us. That whole Bible, that whole book, not the one on Genghis Khan, but the, the one on the Bible is about a revelation of God's love for us. Cool. Question number five, we're moving through. Uh, how do I know it's God's voice I'm hearing? I've hummed and hard about how I was going to do this. Firstly, I'll say this. How do I know it's God's voice I'm hearing? Anyone ask that question? Yeah. Well, I'd say this. We need faith, wisdom, and experience. Faith to believe that God does speak and that you can hear God. My beautiful, intelligent, and uh, very onto it wife once said to me about prophecy, about hearing from God. She said this. She said, uh, when it comes to hearing from God, go with your gut, not with your heart. And I think that's really wise. You go, well, that doesn't sound right. But your heart often reflects your emotions. And how many people know that sometimes your emotions can lie to you? I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. But your gut, that instinct, your soul, your spirit that goes, hey, I see this on your life, right? You might say that in your mind, and then the next thing's like, but you're an idiot. Don't, don't say anything out loud. So who are you going to listen to? Go with your gut, not with your heart. Now, there's obviously, obviously wisdom around that. But faith to step out, wisdom to understand what is God, i.e. that it should uplift and encourage others, it should uplift and encourage others and be connecting in purpose and then experience as well. Because once you've done this for a few years, you might have figured it out. Here's the thing, when you are speaking, when you're praying for someone else, you're hearing the voice of God. Some people don't like me saying this, but you all make mistakes. Because you are interpreting the infinite word of God through a finite vessel. 
Okay, that doesn't make me a false prophet if I make a mistake. Personally, I think a false prophet is something else. Now, if you keep making mistake after mistake forever, maybe you fall into that category. But God would rather, I do believe this, that God wants you to step out in faith rather than staying back because you don't want to make a mistake. Imagine as parents, if we were like, don't even try to walk because you're going to fall over. That's not how we operate. Like, come on, Lyndon, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, come on. Oh, he's he's had an accident. Oh, no. Okay, here we go. But don't mistake your internal desire, and I hear this a lot, and this is where I was really unsure about how to do this. But I was talking to Hannah, and she's wise, so I'll listen to her. I know for a fact that people have a desire of their heart, right? They, They want something. So often as Christians, I think, and myself included, first to put my hand up, any other brave Christians know where I'm going, I'm willing to put their hand up, to say that I know my desire is this, and sometimes we think we hear from God, and guess what? It aligns with what we want 100% of the time. Anyone else? Like, be honest. Is anyone else with me going like, hey, look, on occasion, yeah, that's where I'm at. Do not mistake your internal desire for God's external direction. I wish she was here. I was actually going to ask permission, but I'm going to do it now. I'll ask for permission instead. <laughs> um, Carla Grayling, um, she came up to me. She's 15, I think. And she said, hey, I've got this thing on my heart that I really want to do. This was about maybe four weeks ago. 15 comes up to me and says, hey, I've got this thing I really want to do around my schooling. She says, I really want to do this. This is my desire. But I do know that sometimes my desire is not what God wants, and I want to do what he wants to do first. I was like... I could name you 15, 45-year-olds who don't know that one. The desire of our heart is good sometimes. But sometimes we want stuff. And I've heard you say it. I've heard people say it. I've heard me say it. So I'm going to hear this as a conviction, not a condemnation. We need to stop doing that. Right? We need to, just be, we need to really understand that if we've heard from God, sometimes what I say is this. I'm not sure if this is a Dre idea or a God idea. It's just a good preface. Uh, But I think this, and there's nothing wrong with your wisdom, nothing wrong with that. But don't say, thus saith the Lord, give me your Ferrari. You know, you don't have the right, that was a prophetic word for someone, okay? (laughs) I'll take a Corolla, no. (laughs) Okay, so don't, do you guys understand what I'm saying? It's dangerous. So how do we stop that? How do we know that we've heard the voice of God? And it's not just whatever I want. And I've heard people be like, God's told me to do this. And I'm like, yeah, but you've always wanted to do that. And mo- sometimes God's and you align, but I'm, I'm not sure. I see- you just want this. And so it's kind of like a, when you play Uno, what's like the best card or Uno or what's it called? Someone say again. A plus four. It's like putting the plus four down and be like, ha! And that's what God told me. I've heard that a lot. God told me you're wrong, I'm right. And, and like, what can you do with that? Except be like, are we talking about the same God? Uh. <laughs> so how do, we, how do we sort that out? We need to line up what we think God is saying with a few things. Against the Bible, for starters. Is what you think you heard from God accurate to the Bible? The nature of the Bible. Okay, that's the first one. Then the second one is the nature of Christ. Is what you think you've heard from God uh, consistent 
with God's love for people, God's love for God, God's love for others? Is it consistent? Um, does it line up against uh, what you think? I don't know. Line up what you think God said against Christian tradition. You know, there's been a couple thousand years of really smart scholars, historians, historians, uh, theologians, who have written about awesome faith stuff. Okay, Spurgeon and someone yell out some other names. Warren's not here. C.S. Lewis and others who have really wrestled. Intelligent people have wrestled. Now they're not perfect. They're just men and women. But there is a sense of Christian tradition that you can go, well, is this generally Christian? That's, it can be helpful. The other thing is um, run it against trustworthy friends, people who you love, pastors, leaders, connect group leaders, um, and just run it past them. And trust them if they go, look, sorry, uh, you know, uh, Mike, I don't know if God is telling you to sell your entire house, everything you have, and buy 35 motorcycles. I just don't think that's necessarily consistent with, you know, you know what I mean? You, he's nodding. I think he thinks it's a prophetic word. <laughs> consistent with your desire, yes. And the last one is doing a self-check. Asking yourself some hard questions. What do I get from this word of God? I get all the things I want. Here's the thing. As a new Christian, I think I was probably 20% of the time I would say, look, God, I really want this. And probably 20% of the time I was right. Here's my hope for you, for me, for everyone. As you mature in your faith, that percentage increases because your desire is actually God's desires, God's wants, okay, for relationship, reconciliation, connection. And then, like, you know, you get over 50%. And you're like, there's still 50% of the time I want a motorcycle. But the other 50% of the time, it's like, you know, you know, I'm really praying and I'm really feeling like I heard from God. Do a self-check and be hard on yourself. Put it up to God. All right, last one, I think. Question number six. Uh, how, what can I practically do when I can't hear God's voice anymore? Um, you need to take a moment. Remind yourself that God loves you. If you're not hearing from God, first thing to remember, if you've never heard from God, God loves you, God died for you, God lives for you, uh, God ascended to heaven, uh, He's given you a word, He wants freedom over your life, God loves you. It's the first thing. Then we need to examine, perhaps why is it that I'm not hearing from God? Is there an issue with my proximity? Have I not been spending time with God so therefore I don't remember His voice? Or is it something else? Um, remind yourself of God's love and examine your life and your, I can never say that word. Should we give it a go? Trajectory. It's a little light on the T, but we got there. Um, Trajectory. Okay, let's move on. Um, That word, i.e., you know, um, have I come off the rails a little bit in my thinking or my theology? Am I aligned with what God is saying about something? Where is my alignment here? Examine yourself. There's this famous, I've said it lots, I think it was Socrates, uh, the unexamined life is not worth living. We are called to examine, to pull your life apart, to have a think, to, to talk, to, to liaise with God about where you're at on things. The other thing is sometimes God is not speaking, he's actually not speaking because he's already spoken. Sometimes you're like, yep, I'm ready for uh, step number seven in this great plan of mine, God. And God's like, dude, you haven't even outworked step number three. Come on. And you're like, no, step number nine. 
You're like, you just said step number seven. Yeah, step number 14. You know, we're trying to jump ahead. And God's like, hey, actually, have I asked you to do this simple thing first? So go back, examine, and ask, and see when the last time God spoke to you really clearly about something, and seek the Lord and see if you've actually outworked what he's asked you to do. Remember what I said right at the front? That revelation comes with responsibility, a responsibility to outwork that. So if you're not hearing from God, perhaps you haven't outworked what he's already spoken to you, maybe. And this is a hard one. Sometimes we don't hear God's word because he isn't saying what we want him to. If that doesn't cut you a little bit, God's saying, hey, I want you to move to Africa. And you're like, Gold Coast? No, Africa. Gold Coast? Hawaii? No. I'm not hearing from God on this. I don't know what's going on. He's like, Africa! I can't think of another place. Rolston? No. Sometimes we don't hear God's word because he isn't, he's, he isn't saying what we want him to say. Often, how many people know that sometimes when God speaks, it's not always the thing that we want to do. Anyone else? Is it just me? Took God, my family, and my pastor three years to convince me to go to Bible college and become a minister. <laughs> and a lot of conversations. Eventually, I did what I was told. There can be blockages as well. Let's just one run through these really quickly. If I could have the worship team up, that'd be great. There could be a blockage to stop you hearing from God. Perhaps it's unforgiveness. Perhaps there's a pride. Perhaps there's a lie you've spoken over yourself. Or maybe there's even an unresolved conflict. What about even a wrong theology? You're like, you're really wrong on something. Or there's a hurt, or there's sin, or a bitterness. Or mental health issues or anger. These are all legitimate things. Addiction, sin, grief, pride again. Any number of those things unchecked can fester to a point where we can't see. It it, it blurs our vision. It blocks our ears. It hardens our heart that we can no longer hear from God. Now we can do the best we can. We've got counseling. We've got freedom prayer. But who do you think is the one that we should go to? If you've got a stuffed up lawnmower, the best thing is to go to the manufacturer. Amen? We go to the manufacturer. Lord, help me with these things that are blocking me from hearing you. It's not always these things. They may not be these things. You know how when you've got blocked ears, you can hear like 60% or something? Maybe God wants you to hear the full 100. Does God speak? How can I hear God? How can I better hear God? What are the different ways I can hear God? How do I know it's God's voice I'm hearing? What if I stop hearing from God? If you want to take a photo of this, is the quick cheat sheet. Anyone love to cheat sheet when they were? Yep. Um, I'm also going to make available all of my notes. I'll have them in a word form. I'll have them on thing. If, if there's a lot there, there is a lot there. I'm sorry. Um, but if you would like to take it home, pop it in your Bibles, have a think about it. Uh, come see me if you'd like um, a, a copy or an email copy and I'll get it to you. Can we stand? Please. Normally, I have a really good ending. I've got a slick ending. I've got this thing that I've really felt like God's spoken to me about. I said to God, all right, we're hearing from God. 
tell me now, what do you want to do? And God laughed. And I really felt like God said, we'll see. I want you to listen. So I've got a little bit of an inkling where God wants to go with this. But can we just close our eyes for a moment? Focus on God, wherever you are. Father, we thank you that you're in control. You're the God of wonders. You're beyond our galaxy. You are holy. You are holy. You are holy, God. You created the heavens and the earth, the stars, the ocean, every single insect in your own way. We don't pretend to understand. But Lord, you are holy. God, you are big. We don't understand the intricacies of your nature completely, but Lord, we know you are good and you love us. We stand on that this morning. And with that in mind that you've designed and created us for a relationship, Father, help us hear from you. Help us hear from you, Lord. I want you to distract yourself from distraction for a moment. Just listen to my voice if you can. Distract yourself. Focus on God. If you're a creative person, I want you to focus on I want you to imagine a big easel with a huge white canvas on it. Perhaps God will print a word on it. Perhaps God will imprint a scripture on your heart right now. Perhaps God will write a picture on it. Father, I pray you would right now speak to the hearts and minds of each person here and watching online as well. Remember what Hannah said, go with your gut, not necessarily your heart. What did you first see? Imagine that now. God, you're good. Lord, you're good. If you got something, I want you now to ask God, what do you want me to do with this? Information's great, but application's better. What do you want me to do with this picture of an ocean? Receive it in Jesus' name. Pray. We're, um, we're going to sing in a moment. During that song, if you've never had a prophecy... Now remember that ideally you get your meat and veg from God. Well, I mean the prophecies from God as well, but from your personal relationship with God, from your from the Bible. But if you really feel that you're in the need for receiving an ice cream today and you'd like a prophetic word, you feel like that might help or encourage you, during the song we've got a bunch of prayer people. We would love to pray for you. Then I'm going to do something I never do. I just really felt like God say, there are others that hear the voice of God. So, I don't normally do this, but we're going to have the mic open. If you really feel like you have something from the Lord, we give you permission to come up the front. Now here, I want to be really honest, if you could look at me for a second. 
Uh, it is my number one job to protect our sheep. <laughs> so I don't know everybody. So what I'm going to ask you to do with respect, I'm sure you'll understand, is come talk to Lyndon first. Lyndon, can you throw your hand up in the air just so people know? Just give them the brief like, hey, I just want to pray and just say that God loves you and there's forgiveness for people to step into today. That's great. But if you say, hey, I believe someone's going to die tomorrow um, with an axe, we might just say, hey, that's really cool. Thank you for stepping out of faith, uh, but probably not today, okay? And that's all right. Is that okay? I don't want any axe murdering prophecies. But if you really feel like you've heard from the Lord, come see Lyndon. And if it's just a brief one, it needs to be encouraging. And my thought was maybe people will see that, yeah, there's Dre up there. Look how awesome he is. He can hear from God. All of us can hear from God. So my hope is that someone surprises us that says, I feel like I've heard from the Lord. I'm going to share it. Maybe it's a prophecy for the church. Maybe it's just an encouragement. Maybe it's a scripture God's put on your heart. Is that cool? I'm going to leave it with you. We're going to worship God right now with a song. Thank you, Abby and the team.